You know, it's uh, it's a great time because it's football season. But it's an even better time because I'm live in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio as the countdown clock, which is brought to you by Chick-fil-A, 12th in Alameda, 405-310-3189, four days, five hours, and approximately 25 minutes and 47 seconds until Oklahoma travels to the 918 to play Tulsa. I'm... um. I'm really excited about this game, Josh. I'm really excited. You know, it's number one, I miss going to Tulsa games. I don't get to go very often now with the OU responsibilities. And you know, sometimes on when they play on a Thursday or a Friday night, there's always a, a family responsibility that gets in the way. And that's that's fine. That's live. But that's um, it's a really cool place. And they've done a lot of work. Now, do they need to do more work? Absolutely. But – Come a long way from, gosh, what year was it? It was, I think it was either 01 or 02. I want to say 02. Whenever we were all there at Skelly Stadium, I think I was sitting next to Kerry Murdoch or who was it? No, it was Dean Blevins. Dean Blevins. He was, Dino, I don't know if he remembers this. They only had a certain number of seats inside, Josh, inside the press box. So they had to put a lot of us on the front row in front of the press box. So you would have a bench seat, which again, I don't care where I sit during the game, but there were a couple of people that didn't want to sit outside. So they kept swapping their name tags for a seat in the booth. And it was hilarious because they thought like DT, the sports information director didn't see him, but that was the game where that was a game where Keith Burns was celebrating going into the locker room, like holding up one finger because it was like a three zip game or something like that. And then Oklahoma reeled off about 30 unanswered. Bob Stoops was joking about that during our, a broadcast on Saturday. But I mentioned sitting up front because talking about Skelly Stadium, now Chapman Stadium coming a long way, I'll never forget sitting in that row and leaning forward like, I've got like paint on the back of my shirt. They were trying to make it look nice and where they had cleaned it. Like there had been some areas where they had either touched up with paint or it was dust or something. Just like all over the back of my shirt. I don't think I was the only one, but I don't know how many. I was young, dude. I was young. I was hot take machine back then. I didn't care about anyone. Don't find the tapes of those shows. Woo. But in all seriousness, fun weekend. And a fun day because, A, we get out a little a skosh early. Brent Venable's press conference coming your way at 1130. But more than anything, Josh Helmer, it is another day closer to kickoff. How was your Monday night? Had a great Monday night. And uh, how was your Monday evening? I saw you tweeting. I was uh, I was I was a tweeting machine last night. I was a tweeting machine. Usually I'm a one tweet to two tweet a day guy, but I became a tweeting machine. I'm gonna tell you something, dude. I'm getting better at this because there were two tweets that I just I wanted to I wanted to and say, you listen here, you no good hate-mongering piece of garbage. I, I mean, I was hot. And you know what I did? You'd be really proud of me. Let it go. I put the phone down. I put the phone. Look. Pastor Mike's getting to me. I put the phone down. And I was like, I'm picking that phone back up, and I'm going to tell him what I think about That's them. That's right. Get him. But then, then I was like, you know what? <sighs> Let's just put this down and watch the game. 
And boy, what a game we were treated to. Now, this is a very Sooner-based program, as it is every single day from 9 to noon. But as you know, on Tuesdays, we branch out to other college stories, and we have one of the biggest stories to ever happen on Monday Night Football last night. In one, I, was, I was working this morning on Mad Dog, and as uh, Mike Babchick put it, a diehard Jets fan, one of the greatest, Josh, one of the greatest moments in Jets history combined with one of the worst, right? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers running out with that flag, unbelievable. It was like a wrestling match. I was like, oh, my goodness, Jets by a 1,000, right? You're like, this is wild. And then four snaps in, he goes down with an injury that might be his career. I get it we're in a different era when it comes to recovery and medicine and things of that nature. But, you know, Aaron's 40 now, man. And he was thinking about retirement two years ago. And you're down 13-3. to three. I, I can't, I've seen the stat. I've watched Sports Center a thousand times. It's like 1-59 in 59 when trailing by double digits in the second half against the Bills. That's what the Jets' record was. And not only did they come back and tie it, but they win the game on a walk-off punt from literally the last guy to make the team. Oh, could you have a more dramatic setting? And it was on the anniversary of one of the most tragic days in the, in the history of the United States of America, 9-11, and it the kind of ground zero for it was, was New York. Dude, unbelievable drama and theater that played out. So we got to talk about that, right? Oh, we yeah. got to start there, don't we? It was uh, a wild night. Obviously horrible to see Rodgers go down, shocking. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the response, pretty impressive. Very uh, impressive. I, I mean, you heard Peyton Manning and everybody at halftime. They didn't think the Jets had any chance. And why would you? You wouldn't because it was – it seemed very hopeless, right? Very hopeless. Now, there's a lot of different sides of me to this that I'll just open up all my personalities. Number one is someone who roots for a cursed franchise. It makes me feel a little bit better that there is one franchise that's more cursed, and that's the Jets. Oh, my goodness. So I feel terrible about that. Is that, what, what did Stuart Griffin have, the compliment sandwich? when The he had compliment his, sandwich. So, okay, well, it's, that's my bread, right? It's like, oh, man, dude, that sucks. Vinny Testaverde, you go 12-4 and in 98. You play in the AFC Championship game, 99, here they come, and boom, Vinny goes down in the first quarter of the opener with a very similar type injury. Team finishes 8-8. Eight and eight. Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, <laughs> we're, what, a couple years removed from when they thought they were going to be good and Sam Darnold had mono for like a year? Missed four starts. Brett Favre got hurt. Mark Sanchez got hurt in a preseason game when they took him out and put him back in, sprained his shoulder. He was never the same. So there's a history there. So in, in some ways you look at it, you're like, oh, oh man, that, that's, that's tough. But then there is that arrogance and cockiness of every Jet fan this offseason. And, you know, I, did you know Mike Greenberg's a Jet fan? I mean, have you – no idea, right? And I can't say too much because I do. It's like, hey, Chris Blank, nice to meet you. Oh, really? Where your kids go? I'm a Raiders fan, so it's really nice. So I can't say too much. Go because, Raiders. Because nice I'm, to meet you. I'm very guilty of that, but it's it's like, the how great do you think the Jets are going to be this year? And they got to deal with Jason Smith, you know, my love. Worst Twitter handle ever, but great dude. So I, everyone's just cramming Aaron Rodgers and the Jets down your throat, and he goes down to the first place. You're like, huh. Where's where's your football savior now? 
Jets fan. You know, there's a part of me that does have a very, very uncaring skosh. So this is more of a bready sandwich. It's more of a blimpy sub, if you can go back in the day. A lot of bread, not a lot of meat. There's, so there's that little part of me in the compliment sandwich that's angry and uh, laughing at it. You know, oh, I had to put up with all these man hours of you cramming Aaron Rodgers down my throat. A little bit of jelly get hurt. On this sandwich. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I, hey, guess who's still healthy right now? Jimmy G. Take that. But then there's the uh, better knock on wood. <laughs> there's the other part of it where you're like, kind of sucks for the NFL too, right? Because they have put the Jets on a pedestal this off season. And they, you, I, you guys are gonna get a heavy joke, a heavy dose of the New York Jets in primetime. They are on five primetime standalone games over the next, I think it's like ten weeks, five, including you know last night was the sixth. You know, so we're getting a lot. I mean, absolutely a lot of Zach Wilson or whomever they go sign. Just bad luck, man. And they won the game. And they won the game. They won the game. I think we'll find out during this show. I got both of the ESPN talk shows on, and I know that you're monitoring as well. Twitter is where the, Twitter was giving us better updates on Aaron Rodgers than the freaking broadcast was last night. What does Lisa Salters do? And I don't blame her. What does ESPN do with its sideline reporter? Yeah, you just stand there, and we'll interview a coach, and you'll maybe sprinkle in an update. <laughs> By the time they got an update from her, she had already interviewed Robert Sala at the end of the first quarter. We'd already seen all the pictures, and she just gives an, hey, you know, guy, she read what was on Twitter. It's like, what are we doing? What's your purpose? What are you doing, ESPN? That's why they're there. Now, I understand I kind of have a little bit of a, the Ted theory in my mind where Ted doesn't think anyone should be on the field but the players, and I agree. That's kind of cutting off my nose despite my face. But if you're there, if you're paying the freight, Use it. Let us. I mean, nothing, Josh. He goes down, and it's like, ah, you know what? This, I'm on break. All right, this is my break. Lisa Salter is on a smoke break. We'll hear from her in a bit. Y'all take care of this yourself. I mean, there was one point after he went down where I didn't know anyone else was on the broadcast but Joe Buck. Like Troy Aikman stopped talking. (laughs) You just like, oh wow, that's not good. (laughs) Joe Buck, come on, man, keep the keep this thing together. Wild speculation, of course. Blame the turf. So we think uh, torn Achilles? That's what it looked like. Did you see the calf flex whenever he went down? That looked painful, man. And he stood up, and then he went down. And Babs was telling me this morning, because he was there, that everyone was just it – was, it was quiet. And then everyone started with their different – kind of theories where it's like you know what I think he's okay I think it was just a a cramp and then there was a no he's done for the year and then he goes there was just one guy that was like maniacally laughing because it's like that's that's football that's us man that's 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 Jets football that's brutal (laughs) nothing we can do I think every that leads to a bigger thought Josh I think every franchise until they either win a Super Bowl or a national championship or when they've gone a long time between Super Bowls Feels like they're cursed in some way, right? Sure. I, I don't really know how OU fans feel about that, you know, because it's been since 2000 whenever Bob won the national championship with that incredible squad. But I don't know what, you know, Sooner fans might point to. Raider fans, you know, since it's been a minute for us, we still, still point to the tuck rule game as being that moment where the hearts were ripped out. 
but others point to trading John Gruden. You know, you, when he jumped over. <laughs> DeMarco injury, maybe? Yeah, you know, DeMarco injury, maybe. But just. Sam's injury the following year. Just the, the idea, the idea that you can look back at a moment and say, that's where it all went wrong. And for the Jets, that's 40 years ago almost. And for most, and I mean, Nebraska fans, you ask a Nebraska fan today, what, what did they, and I think maybe some, still to this day firmly believe it, the curse of Frank Solich, that once you let Frank Solich go, you create a bad karma and bad juju around the program. And it's not right until they brought him back this offseason, right, and welcomed him back. And even so, and now like, the curse is broken. And you're 0 and 2. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's the new curse? I don't know. Everyone has some sort of curse. They got there in some way, shape, or form. But that was wild to see last night. Is there, um, is there anything else that you want to hit from last night? I like Shannon Sharp. I would call Tom Brady. Well, I mean, sure, right. But could you imagine Tom Brady in a Jets uniform? Oh, my gosh, the earth would fall off its axis with the outrage from Patriot fans. There's, We do this every time there's a quarterback injury, right? What's Phillip Rivers doing? Raising 11 kids? I mean, he hasn't been in the league in two years. Last time he played was 2020. And, oh, it's inevitable, right? Someone's going to bring up Andrew Luck. It's his birthday today, by the way. It's Andrew Luck's birthday. So I just... Well, what's Andrew Luck doing? What, yeah, what's he up to right what now? What kind of shape's he in? Enjoying life. Hey, I watch uh, I watch a lot of the college football. I see Robert Griffin III. Is, is he someone that could come back and help us? What? Was that the end of Rodgers' career last I think night? it was. I think it was. I really do. Man, what a, what a heartbreaking way for it to go. Just all the hype, all the time spent talking about it. And, and based on the way that game played out, yeah, I think they had a chance to be pretty good. I do, too. I do too. I just don't know if it's it's going to materialize. Here are the uh, here's the slate of games in which you're de- you're dealt and you're stuck with the Jets on prime time. Oh, it does include last night's game. One, two, three. No, 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 it doesn't. Week four, week nine, week ten, week twelve, week seventeen. Seventeen probably won't happen. Yeah, that's the Jets at Cleveland, but that's on Prime Video. I, I is that the no, the Black Friday game is the Miami Dolphins. That's right. Week 12. That's, I think, week 12 is the Black Friday game, Miami, New York. So you're going to be stuck with that. They'll be able to flex out games by what? Week week 9, week 10? And flex scheduling does include Monday Night Football. So maybe we won't get the Chargers and Jets in week 9 on Monday Night Football now. Yeah, probably uh, won't. No. Boy, that kind of takes a little bit of the luster off the Chiefs-Jets game and three weeks yeah it does that was gonna be fun all right well there's a monday night football recap on one of the most wild nights of monday night football that we've seen to not just have it end with a walk-off punt only the third time you've had a walk-off punt return for a win tameric vanover did it did you see that he was one of them for the chiefs back in gosh when was he running rough shot late 90s yeah it was a pretty exciting end i Shocking that it actually played out that way after the Bills doinked that field goal through. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> I thought they were doomed. And then the Bills got the football to start overtime, and I thought to myself, yeah. This is either going to end with a Josh Allen pick six 
Or Josh Allen hitting Stephon Diggs over the top and no one is even close to him. <laughs> right. All right. Um, oh, yeah. That, very good, Chuck Town Sooner. I forgot. Thank you. I'm glad I opened the text message before the end of segment one. Don't forget Kaepernick. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. And you know what? Here's the best part of someone on these talk shows bringing up Kaepernick. Watch. Watch. Just It's always brought up as some sort of magical fix to where they've come up with something that no one else has. It'll sound something like, like this. <clears throat> you know a guy that hasn't been mentioned for a while? I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you a name. This guy had success, played in a Super Bowl. Haven't seen him in a while, but his workouts have gone well. I'm going to give you a name. Colin Kaepernick. Whoa! 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 So that, wow. just, just prepare yourself. That's happening somewhere in America this morning, if not on ESPN or Fox Sports 1 right now. All right, let's get to the Sooners when we come back. We got a lot of audio to roll through, right? We had two press conferences yesterday. We had a coach's show. And we got a press conference coming up at 1130. And that Brent Venables press conference is right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. All right. Welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Coming up at 10 a.m. this morning, we'll start with the Ted Roof side of things. Then at 10.30, the Jeff Levy press conference. Is it in some of the takeaways that, that we had from it? I... You know, it's, I, I feel like now everything has been addressed with the R. Bryle saga outside of maybe some some of the local TV news stations trying to pull a little bit more. I, For some reason, every morning I have this routine of getting on the book of faces, and I literally, there's nothing I gain from it. It's just like muscle memory. And one of the stories I saw, I don't remember which local station it was, it was investigation into Bryles on the sideline. I'm like, there's no investigation. What are you talking about? There is a misunderstanding or at the very least a confirmation of things. And I feel like Jeff Lebby addressed it and we'll move on. Yeah, no, that's right. What, uh, what happened after I left the show yesterday, Josh? Uh, what happened? Uh, we, we ran through a little bit of Brent Venable's opening remarks. I had a, f- I had a couple text messages about crazy callers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, s- somebody called in that uh, <laughs> clearly was not an Oklahoma fan and uh, started trolling. Yeah, just basically. Uh, okay. Yeah, when you guys get to the SEC, you're never going to win and Oklahoma's done and this and that. And I, it really didn't go on very long. I was, you know, you, you know pretty quickly, okay, time to move on. Yeah, this, yeah, this guy's here to try to troll, right? <laughs> so, but, it, it, yeah, it got a rise okay. out of everybody. All right. All right, I was just, I didn't know which angle it went. That's where I was like, this guy, I think Travis had said, Middle Tennessee State. I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally sitting there talking to Joe John. I'm like, what is going on right now with the show? There was really nothing to it besides, okay. ah, roster's no good, and on and on and on. Yeah, that's uh, – these Big 12 schools that can't go beat those guys, and Texas just uh, put it on Alabama. So yeah, I just, we'll see. You know what? I got I to gotta admit, I was – I think the hardest thing for people to do in this business is say, man, I was wrong. Uh, because then it's, it becomes spin, right? Well, I wasn't wrong. The other team just didn't play as well. No, no, it's okay. You were wrong. You missed your picks. It happens. I was dead wrong in how I thought that game was going to play out on Saturday night, man. I'm not even lying. I thought Alabama was going to – 
I thought they were going to stick it to Texas. I really did. And lo and behold, they Alabama got it stuck to them. I mean, it took sure they uh, did. it took what a a big defensive play to even keep them in that game. And you know what I thought was the most impressive? Not just going on the road and winning at Tuscaloosa. They ain't giving the football back. You know, there was a couple of big plays where Alabama could simply, and, and again, it's a 10-point game at that point, so it's pretty much over, but to at least get the football back and try to put pressure on, Josh, I'm a, I was impressed how they just ran the clock out. Sark's little celebration he had over there. I'm excited. I'm excited for OU Texas. I really am. I know some people on the text line yesterday and on the phones were like, oh, gosh, should, should we be worried? No, no. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're good. I was wrong. I'm not ready to crown Sark yet. I don't think anyone should be, but that was as that was as impressive of a road win that this conference has had since OU at Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was trying to think if if Tech or Baylor or Kansas State might have had one on the road, but no, nothing, nothing like that over a top five opponent. Yeah, those those schools rarely play those games. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but. Hats off to Texas Tech for scheduling Oregon. Where I was wrong. Where I was wrong. I was I was wrong on that. I was wrong. I appreciate you calling for stepping up to the plate and admitting that. Well, you know, others others won't. And I'm fine with that too. If you don't want to, that's fine. Be you. Where you were be wrong. you, be you, boo. Do whatever you want to do. I still think I still think I have my questions about yours. Right? You need to see it again? It, it's and, and that's almost unfair. Well, I saw it once. You better go do it again. <laughs> you Well, you beat Alabama on the road. Pff, can you do it again against – I mean, like, what more? They got Wyoming this week, right? So, I don't – Well, it – yeah, I mean – Now the true test, though, for Texas. Consistency. You can get that big win. They've done it before. But can you carry over that momentum? I'm telling you right now. And how do they handle being the landslide favorite – Going into Red River. They've got Wyoming Saturday. Then they go to Waco to play Baylor, who looked much, much better last week against Utah than they did in their opening week. But still, ugh, gosh, they've got, they've got some issues, man. They get Kansas at home before Oklahoma on the 7th. So it's, it's a trap-type game. Three, three tough games. But Kansas really – you know, I know we're really having a revisionist history here on a Tuesday, but man, Kansas really put it on Illinois. It was a nice night. win for them. I don't know what to make about Texas's projected trip to Houston now, where everyone thought they were going to lose after Houston lost to Rice. What were they down? Twenty-eight to zip at one point in that game. But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Longhorns handle the prosperity success exactly. Exactly. Were there any loose ends you felt we needed to tie from Monday? I know this isn't a wipe it Wednesday yet, but in spending two and a half hours with you yesterday, two hours, 20 minutes, whatever, I felt like we hit a lot of the things, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Levy talk, the Arbrowse talk kind of took away from some of the game stuff. I know that there are, there's a very large faction of, of any fan base, not just the Sooner fans, of any blue blood Power five, really good championship contending program 
that don't expect games to ever be close when they play someone from the American or from Conference USA or whatever, and how dare you even have a game that's within a score in the fourth quarter. So I understand there's going to be that faction out there, but I think even that faction comes away with a confidence that, well, this team's only allowed 11 points in eight quarters this year. And one of those games was against an offense that, I mean, for all of its downfalls and all of its pitfalls, I mean, SMU still goes out and scores points, and they struggle to do it. So even if you're in that faction of how dare we play a close game with a non-Power 5 opponent, and a future, you know, if Power 5 is even a thing, again, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'll say it a thousand times, I think that's a team that's going to be winning its conference and competing for a New Year's Day Six Bowl. I think they could be like Tulane was last year. I really do. But we got to see it play out. Yeah, time will tell on that. I don't Pre- want to get too carried away here. Preston Stone looks like uh, a nice quarterback. Mm-hmm. But uh, defensively, what Oklahoma did was impressive. It was. And they tightened the screws late when they needed to. They, they you know, throughout most of the game were doing that. But uh, came away with a key turnover on downs and a pick when you had to have it. Mm-hmm. I was going back through my laundry list. Of years whenever, you know, maybe you could say that Oklahoma didn't necessarily have the record that we expected, and they had a big early season performance where I thought, it's a good win. That's a good team, and it never really materialized. Uh, I think, you know, we talked about 2011, and I had several there. I think maybe (laughs) there was a few games early in 2014 I don't want to get too carried away and be like, hey, man, I think Louisiana Tech or Tulsa are really good. I don't think it was like to that nature. but Everything before that TCU game. You know what? I, I know what it was. I know what it was in 2015. I know exactly what it was. It was the Tennessee win. That Tennessee win in 2015 when they beat them here. And I remember thinking, that's a good Tennessee team. Yeah, I know. It took a Julian Wilson pick six to kind of make sure that Tennessee didn't – I think they were driving to tie the game or something. That's a good team. You guys cannot get down. That's a good team. And then, you know, Tennessee was not very good that year. (laughs) Nor was Oklahoma, unfortunately. So I've been in the, that's a good team that Oklahoma just beat. And not only A doesn't end up being a good team by the end of the year, but Oklahoma struggles. But we'll see. I hate having that as an answer to any question. How do you feel about that? We'll see. I don't know. I thought SMU was good. I was impressed with them. It's one of the few times where I've seen either an American Josh or a Group of five school, and I could not believe how good they were in the trenches. They were really good. And I don't know if Tulsa is. So that's going to be a major advantage for the Sooners come Saturday. Thinking about putting Tawi Walker in my spotlight this weekend. I think he could have a big game. 20-some-odd carries, buck 13 or so. I do want to point out that I put Gavin Sawchuck in my spotlight this this past week. So why why would you be trying to point that out? I well, I I feel like it's best to call myself out. I just had a hunch, man. All right, we'll get to your text, we'll get to some audio. Uh Ted Roof at 10 a.m. But there was one thing Ted Roof said. I thought Barry Trammell asked a really interesting question about feeding the the motivation, feeding kind of the buzz. And I thought Ted Roof's answer was really good. We'll dive into that next plus your text right here on the ref. Hey, don't forget, we got, we got, is that proper English? We sure. got, we got what? We have tons of pregame coverage coming your way this Saturday. It starts at 10.30 a.m. live from Chapman Stadium. 
join Toby and Ted. And if they'll allow me, I'll be with them for the last 30 minutes of the Windy Chevy pregame show. And then Tyler and Travis will be live from Chicken and the Wolf, which I mistakenly thought was a place that was in their Route 66 area, but it's literally right across the street from the stadium. So, I mean, it's go hang with Tyler and Trav and then walk right across the stadium, or right across the street to the stadium. You know who's doing the pregame concert, Josh Elman. Sean Kingston. Oh. Yes. I was uh, – You're way too beautiful, I was. Girl? I was informed this morning that there will be a pregame concert from Chapman Commons involving Sean Kingston. It was originally the All-American Rejects. Oh, and then they rejected the I, opportunity? Yes, I, I guess they got pushed to another date. So, Sooner fans, there you go. You get there early enough, you'll get some Sean Kingston. All-American Rejects uh, from Stillwater. Is it terrible that I don't know a single song by Sean Kingston that I can come up with right now? <laughs> Not a one. Not even close. But we'll be there! Let's get some text, shall we? What are you, beautiful girls? As soon as I hear it, I'm going to know it. Yeah, you, you'll definitely know okay, this one. Okay, okay, we'll do it during. We'll do it going into the break. How's that? Are you going to play now? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, there, there's an ad playing. Get to the ad right. By the way, YouTube, we get it. You have Sunday ticket now. Let's see here. Does he cuss in the beginning of it or something? Damn, oh, okay. So did, is 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 like is that all he's going to sing over and over? It's like I'm Sean Kingston. Thanks coming coming out. Beautiful girls. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna, now, I'm gonna play Kingston, another one. I'm gonna again. play another one. Beautiful girls. <laughs> He's got another song that was fairly popular too, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what you're getting. <laughs> All right, uh, Blue Whale Sooner. Watch te- this is off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Watch Texas eek by Wyoming this weekend would be the most on-brand Texas thing to do. Best Wyoming by four on the heels of a Bama win. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I feel like we say this a lot, and usually it's in the offseason. It seemed like it felt a little different on Saturday night with the way they took care of Texas. Seemed like or, uh, Alabama, excuse me. Uh, oh, here we go. Guys, hey, guys, that comment, Texas in a landslide favorite for the Red River. Take a look at ESPN's percentage pie chart. I found that interesting if it's the same as yesterday. Oh, okay. Let's look at it. So ESPN for every single game has this matchup predictor. Right. And let's see. What do they have here? Oh, okay. All right. But wouldn't that be like for every Red River game that's taking place? 53% Texas, 46% Oklahoma. Their matchup predictor. Mm. OU, I think, before the Alabama game was – you know, to start the season, they had Texas favored. The ESPN FPI did. And uh, with the Alabama result, it swung back the other way. Oklahoma, after week one, was matchup predictor was picking OU in this game. Right. Um, and then now it's, boom, waffled mm, back the other direction. Mm, okay. Uh, you know what, True, Good question. I'm going to dig and see what Rhett Lashley had to say about Oklahoma after the game. It's a good question. Uh, Camo Sooner. I seem to remember Texas beating a highly ranked Notre Dame team early in the season one year and go out and wet the bed the rest of the season. Let's see how things play out until then. I was talking with someone that – That's a good point. I was talking with someone that had spent some time at Texas. 
and the way that the way that they described it, and you guys can make it or maybe help me understand it, because like, listen, man, that's a that's a Texas team that was built to beat Alabama. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that means they're built to, you know, maybe win a championship. But could the the take was no, no, no that 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 was that was their Super Bowl. They were that that's what they've been building towards. Now let's see what happens. It's like, oh, is this your way of telling me that you think the bottom's going to fall out so I can feel better about this? <laughs> Boy, we're not too far removed from everyone getting outraged about Bo Davis yelling at guys on a bus, are we? We're not too far removed from that a couple years ago. Um, Brazilian Sooner. Got to give Texas their props, but it's not like Texas went in without a chance. Could have won last year. Kansas State beat the heck out of LSU a couple years ago. So the top Big 12 teams can compete in the SEC. It's just maintaining that greatness that is tough. Just look at Florida. Was it Kansas State beating LSU or was it Auburn that they beat? I don't know. I You're supposed to be my my dude. Yeah, 42 to 20. That was back in – that was in the Texas Bowl. Come on. That's a Texas Bowl. Nobody's playing in the Texas Bowl. <laughs> that was that was this last season. <laughs> Whatever, uh, like not this previous season, but the year before that. So it was off the. I think they might have beaten. They, they beat LSU in a bowl game too, didn't they? That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They beat LSU last uh, in 2022. Oh, I thought you were yeah. saying Auburn. They, they, and they beat Auburn in the regular, regular season, season game. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if I would put too much on that. Well, and uh, but your point is well. Where's the people sitting out for LSU? But I mean, they smacked them. Oh, they beat. That was the only time that Kansas State and LSU have ever played. How about that? That's according to Winspedia. Winspedia, yeah, which I can never figure out if it's right or not. That provided us another awkward moment with Brian Kelly joining the broadcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That was the year before Kelly got there. Um, good point, Brazilian Sooner. Uh, Sooner Gundy points out. Lowest point total for SMU since, like, 2017. Don't hate. It was impressive what Oklahoma agree, did man. defensively. And I think healthy for Oklahoma to, again, win a game like that. You got put into a pressure situation. But, oh, by the way, you won a game where, again, you kind of do it on the wings of your, of your defense is not bad for this program. And I get it, man. I get it. You want it to be a situation where it's like 40 to 3. I get it. But we said a lot, man. That's the kind of challenge I like for this team. I like that. And it's good for Oklahoma to learn how to sort of win ugly mm-hmm. because great teams don't always don't always look great winning, right? No. No. no Every no. single week. So it's 2 and 0. Defense did some nice things. Offense, uh, when called upon late, delivered. I believe, Josh, what you're what you just laid out is a coach's dream: win the game, win comfortably, and have plenty of coaching points and motivating moments to where you're like, "All right, we can learn from that. We'll be better there." On both sides of the football, the uh, the penalties they they have to do better trying to cut those out. Mm-hmm. You know, too too many drive extending penalties. Obviously, the scoring drive, sideline penalty. Coach Venables talked about doing a hundred up downs. 
I'm going to do 100 up-downs next time I make a mispronunciation during the show. So that would have been the second sideline infraction, right? And it would have to be, unless it was really blatant. Like, if you're – if I understand – trust me, I have studied up on sideline interference penalties. <laughs> yeah, you're but trying if, to avoid that. If I understand it, you don't have to get a warning. Oh, they, it, they can penalize you. They can. That's my understanding. Now, that might have adjusted. I'll dig during the break. But, like, three or four years ago – well, gosh, you – this is how my mind works. Remember that sideline penalty that Joe Washington got I, I, three or four years ago? <laughs> it was 11 years ago, Plank. It was 2012. Oh, oh no. my gosh. So remember 11 years ago, I really started because I don't want to be – I don't know what I can and can't do. I don't want to get in trouble. So I'd Come say – Come on. You know, everybody remembers the Landry Jones era. Do you remember that just a couple years ago? Now there's been like 12 quarterbacks since Landry Jones. <laughs> but in, in seriousness, you don't have to just get a warning. And I know Oklahoma's been warned a couple of times. I'm, uh, I've seen them deputize a couple of other strength guys as well that are really good at it. But if it's blatant, I, I think you can get a penalty at any time if you're out there. So, Gotcha. If it's egregious enough right. or whatever. <laughs> All right, quick break, quick break. Listen, there is one thing that I want to point out about this team that hasn't been talked about. Plus, I got this Ted Roof audio. Uh, I want to share a great motivating point. Your texts are on point to start this game, and we're awaiting that official announcement of the end of Aaron Rodgers for 2023 with an Achilles injury. We'll bring it to you when it happens, or at least when the MRI is wrapped up next right here on The Rep. All right, it's the Plank Show right here on The Rep. Hour one, as always, is brought to you by the crew at Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Call Mark and Tessa to get your fence taken care of, 405-735-1167. More Sean Kingston? Yeah, you like this? I don't think I've ever heard this song before. You want to hear? Let's let's end the Sean Kingston tour here real quick, okay? This okay. is Fire Burning. Okay. Somebody call now. Oh, okay. I've heard this song. Right. Fire burning on the dance floor. Four million subscribers to his YouTube page. I, my favorite comment was on the last uh, Sean Kingston. Mm-hmm. Shoddy, I can take you there. The uh, the comment was, uh, these kids nowadays don't understand the legend of Sean Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold up a second. Zach hit us up during the break. He writes, I feel like, and it sounds like BV needs another get back coach. No, I think he's okay. I think it's kind of funny because every now and then, you know, I, I try to I try down there to keep eyes on coach. Always kind of see where he's where he's at, what he's doing, who he's talking to. He's doing a good job of that. I mean, he really is. For someone that required a person, Josh, to hold them back, that was a very strong man, <laughs> I think he's done a pretty good job. I mean, think about some of the get-back coaches. Rodney Rideau is a beast. That dude at Clemson was a massive individual. Do you know who was uh, Bob Stoops' original get-back coach? It was Scotty Kolak's wife. You don't mess, man. She'll throw you around. So I think I think it's fine. I think it's fine, Zach. But that's a that's a that's a good point. There's a little breaking news in the college football world. For those of you that care about the the TV ratings and the ratings game and things of that nature, the number is out for Texas and Alabama on Saturday night. Okay, eight point eight million. So yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to be a quote unquote banger. But here's I'm very perplexed by something. You probably would have hit the 10 milli range if it was oh. actually good late. It's, it's the most watched regular season college football game since? on ESPN since 2015. 
But if you think about it, I was looking back at some of the numbers last year. Yeah, there wasn't an ESPN game that was in the top 10, but to just to kind of give you a little perspective, and I don't know, so is 8.8 the rating and it peaked at 10? Whatever it is, they had, if they're claiming 10.7 mil where it peaked or whatever, that's still top 10 from last year. And it's just slightly above Alabama and Texas last year, at least when it peaked, right? It peaked at 10.6 mil or 10.7 mil. The Alabama-Texas game last year had a 10.6 million viewers. So they don't have the rating on here. But 8.8 mil, not bad. On ESPN, no ABC. I don't know if terrestrial television or, you know, bunny ears are still a thing anymore. But that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the highest rated game in college football last year. You want to take a guess? Highest rated last year. Texas-Alabama? <laughs> well, Alabama-Texas last year was six. Michigan, Ohio State, 17, oh, the game. 17.1 million. God, that's a crazy number. A lot of people, man. A lot of people. All right, what did Ted Roof have to say? We'll dive into it next in depth right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.